Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about constraints and why they're helpful. There's a reason that the axiom, if you want something done, give it to the busiest person you know, rings true for so many people. Because it works. One of my favorite videos done by Casey Neistat is the one titled Life Explained in 27 Seconds. And in the video, Neistat says that life is like a moving sidewalk. You can choose to stand still, walk, or run on that sidewalk. And for Neistat, the only way to get ahead is to run. And constraints are almost like the speed of that moving sidewalk, where if you have too many constraints, or if the sidewalk is moving too fast, then you'll never be able to get ahead. But if you don't have enough constraints, then it's like that sidewalk is going too slow, and the thing worth accomplishing isn't that big of a deal. For me, as a runner, one constraint is the distance of a race. And for me, since I'm more experienced, the longer the race, the better. But for someone else who hasn't run as often as I have, a 5K would be the perfect kind of constraint. And these constraints are really helpful to us. They're what allow us to accomplish things. If everything was easy, then everybody would be doing it, and nothing would be worth doing. But the rare and valuable things have restrictions that make them rare and valuable. And those are the things we should pursue. Our three characters today are Austin Kleon, author, blogger, and artist, Mark Webster, startup founder, and recent blogger of the Rocking It for 30 Days Challenge, and Maria Popova, blogger and curator extraordinaire at brainpickings.org. And each of these three characters has an experience in their life where constraints have really helped them in the creative process. Austin Kleon speaks and writes about the creative process better than almost anyone in part because he came to it as an outsider. Cleon's story is the one where anyone who wants to make it, they tell themselves. He's a former librarian turned best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and creator of cool things. But he didn't do all those things because he had abundant time and energy. No, he did it because he worked really hard, and he worked within constraints. Cleon said, quote, We overestimate what we can get done in large swaths of time. People think they need a situation that's ideal, when in fact, you just need a routine that allows you to do a little bit each day. A little drop in the bucket every day, and pretty soon you get a pail full of water, end quote. So the big idea for Cleon is that it's not having a studio to work in or all the perfect equipment, but the big idea is having a routine that lets you do a little bit each day. In his book, Show Your Work, he, he writes about the time constraint and says this, quote, Don't say you don't have enough time. We're all busy, but we all get 24 hours a day. People often ask me, how do you find time for all this? And I answer, I look for it. You find time the same way you find spare change and the nooks and crannies. You find it in the cracks between the big stuff, your commute, your lunch break, the few hours after your kids go to bed, end quote. So Cleon is noting here that Time is a constraint, and you can find more of it. That is, you can work against it. You can start to walk on the moving sidewalk. And if you do that, the big thing you need isn't time, but it's the small, it's using the small bits of time that you have. 
Mark Webster, our second character, I only found out about recently, but his story is a really good one. If you've heard of him before now, it's probably because BuzzFeed or one of the other uh, popular websites linked to his story. And he's the guy who ate and trained like The Rock for 30 days. Yeah, Webster spent 33 days mimicking the way Dwayne Johnson ate and exercised. And he didn't do it to look like Johnson, but he did it to see if he could. Webster write, wrote, quote, I admire that level of discipline and want to see if I can do it myself, if only for a month. This isn't about the physical results a schedule like this might deliver. I have no grand plans to become huge or bulk up like The Rock. This is about testing whether I have the will and discipline to spend a month walking in the shoes of the hardest worker in the room, end quote. So Webster's goal was more like a personal challenge. In the same way someone might want to uh, run a race or start a project because they can, not necessarily because of the uh, physical health benefits or the financial benefits of running a business. So Webster embarks on the challenge and everything is going well. It's hard at first. He spends like two hours to create three days worth of food. He's at the gym for a really long time. It's a huge time commitment for Webster. So he thinks that when his wife and daughter go out of town, that he's going to be really able to focus in. He'll get uh, meal prep done without having family commitments. He can spend longer at the gym if he needs to. But he found out that this wasn't quite the case. Quote, one thing I have noticed in a, is a waiver in my discipline, end quote. So Webster found that when his wife and his daughter left, he became less disciplined, and it was unhelpful. Webster continues, quote, When I wake up at 5 a.m., I don't have to creep around the dark apartment. I can turn on the lights and make as much noise as I want while preparing oatmeal and getting ready to leave. Being more comfortable has led me to taking longer to walk out the door. Then, as I go through my workout routine, I find myself taking longer rests and having an overall slower pace as I'm not rushing to get home before my daughter wakes up. The same thing happens when I get home, shower, and eat my next meal. I'm taking my time, end quote. So Webster has slowed everything down because he has more time, but that ultimately does a disservice to him. He concludes, quote, Having my family around forces the discipline. To get everything done and spend time with my girls, I have to stay on schedule, end quote. So I noticed this in Webster's writing, and it reminded me of running a marathon uh, in 2015 with a friend. We were chatting it up before the race began, and while he was doing the half marathon and I was doing the full marathon, we both remarked that it would have been so much easier if we had just started running and getting in shape earlier, like in all the time we had in college, or in all the time we had before we got married, or in all the time we had before kids. And he said he had that same conversation with his wife, and she told him, yeah, it would have been easier, but we never would have done it. And that's the value that constraints can have, that restrictions can have, even though you don't have the time you had when you were younger, or the energy you had, or you don't have the resources of someone further along, all of those constraints can be really helpful. They can focus you on only the most important things that you need to do. Uh, Maria Popova is our third character, and if she was the only blogger, that would be okay, because her site Brain Pickings is constantly delightful. But it too grew out of a series of constraints, notably her deportation. Popova was working in the United States after college, and 
she had a visa that typically there were no no trouble with. If you were employed like she was, then getting a renewal or getting citizenship was usually a pretty streamlined process. But there was this bureaucratic quagmire that meant she had to leave the country before she could return. And so what ended up happening was she had to go to London and then Bulgaria. So she goes from living in New York City with a wonderful public library, with Amazon Prime, with as many bookstores as she could walk through in a day. And she lives in London and then Bulgaria, places where she doesn't have access to all the same books. She doesn't have the same quantity. And if you've ever read her site Brain Pickings, you know that the breadth of things she draws on is really valuable. That's what makes her site wonderful, is she brings together all these different ideas, all these wide ideas, and creates something that is unique. But being in Bulgaria was actually a constraint that helped her, because the only things that were available for her to read were the classics. So she read old philosophy. She read old history books. She read these books that have what we would call timeless wisdom. And if you read her site now knowing that, you start to see that through all of the posts. Many of her posts, most of her posts, include uh, a philosopher or some idea that has been around for a really long time. I can't help but think that if she hadn't gotten those ideas, if she hadn't been exposed to only reading that, only learning that during her deportation, then her site would be different, and it wouldn't have quite the same uh, charm or uh, loveliness that her site has today. Constraints can help in creativity. This is a pillar in Eric Weiner's new book, The Geography of Genius. Both Kevin Kelly and Tim O'Reilly have said that the lack of money in their businesses helped them better adapt their businesses, where the lack of money forced them to pivot into something that had more money. Constraints have also been praised by Ryan Holiday in his book, The Obstacle is the Way. Artist, author, musician Amanda Palmer said that creates enhance the creative flow. Entrepreneur Damon John wrote a book called The Power of Broke, which encourages people to embrace a broke mindset. That is, pretend that you have this constraint and you'll get better results because of it. That's the value of constraints. They focus you on what really needs done. They don't allow you to take these extra steps or to do these extra things that may not lead you to where you're going. Thanks for listening to this edition of Mike's Notes. One quick thing in the end. I wrote a book called 28 Lessons from Startups That Failed, and it looks to try to bust the survivor bias in all of the news about startups. If you think that book sounds interesting, if you think that book could help you, it's available on Amazon.com. If you think that book could help you, but you can't afford a $3.99 book, then email me, and I would be happy to send it to you to read for free. Thanks for listening to another edition of Mike's Notes.